Hello, welcome back to another episode of CrowdWorkCast. My name is Andrew Bunnett. Thank you very much for joining me. This week's episode is an absolute cracker. Uh, my guest is Luke Heggie. But before we get to that, I really should plug uh, a little project I've been working on. Uh, coming into Christmas, I've been working on a project with uh, the guys at Camp Quality, uh, who are a wonderful charity that help uh, families uh, of children going through treatment for cancer, uh, different sorts of cancers. And that they, their whole motto is laughter is the best medicine, uh, which is a great charity and they do great work. Um, I can't uh, recommend them highly enough. But this Christmas, um, I've teamed up with Camp Quality uh, with the aim of trying to make Christmas crackers actually funny. Uh, so we're running a campaign where we've uh, we've had uh, a bunch of Australia's uh, best comedians submit jokes. And uh, so when you crack open your Christmas crackers this year, instead of having the usual lame Christmas cracker jokes, you can have a uh, joke come out of there from uh, from a comedian, potentially uh, potentially a famous comedian. Uh, Rove McManus has uh, submitted jokes. Uh, Ronnie Cheng, uh, today's guest Luke Heggie's got a couple of jokes in there. So um, basically, we're uh, we're trying to spread a bit more cheer this Christmas. Um, now there is a possible campaign running um, that I'm hoping by the time this episode gets up, we'll be close to hitting uh, the threshold of a hundred thousand dollars. And once it hits that, then these things are going to go into production and they'll be out there. Um, but what I will get you to do is, uh, if you're interested in supporting the possible campaign, or uh, hopefully once it's over the uh, threshold and um, we're in production just buying them, uh, what I'm going to do is refer you over to uh, the Camp Quality website, which is campquality.org.au. Go check out the Christmas Crack Ups campaign there, and uh, if you can, uh, support it with uh, any financial um, uh, in any financial way, please do. Uh, if you can't, please just share it around and uh, help us get over the line. And uh, yeah, when you're buying your Christmas crackers this year, uh, please think Christmas crack-ups with Camp Quality. Uh, all right, that's enough of uh, the plugging what I've been doing. Uh, as I mentioned, today's guest, uh, Luke Heggie, has a couple of uh, jokes in the Christmas crackers. Um, he's also a, a really good guy who's had an amazing, interesting life. And um, I'm going to apologize. This conversation, I was a bit disjointed. I was a bit tired and uh, just probably not at my best interview-wise, but... Um, as you tell from this, it doesn't matter so much when you're talking to Luke Heggie. He's pretty comfortable talking about almost any topic and chatting away and uh, a very interesting, funny guy. So uh, I think you'll enjoy the chat uh, anyway, in in spite of the fact that I maybe wasn't at the top of my game. But uh, yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy this one. This is episode 13 with Luke Heggie. G'day, buddy. What's your name? My name's Luke Heggie. Luke Heggie? Yeah. And what do you do, Luke? I, like most of your guests, I assume, I'm a comedian. <laughs> really? You're doing this. Okay, just to let the listeners in, uh, Luke and I started this podcast, or so we thought, um, but uh, the first bit wasn't recorded. I was going to do it exactly, you didn't have to say, I was going to do it exactly the same. I was going to say, that was, did. you're off to a, a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ruined it. Luke Heggie, um, as uh, as we were talking about, you've been going in comedy now six, six years. years. Yes. Six years. Same as yourself. Yes. And um, 
I'm disgusted in how good you were from the start. Oh, yeah, nice to say, but um, like we were saying earlier, you know, it's hit and miss. I've had some shocking gigs recently that, you know, every one I've had in the last few months, not every gig, but every time I've had a shocking gig, I've thought, oh, man, if this wasn't 2016, that would be the worst fucking gig I've ever had. <laughs> Thankfully, had a shit one three weeks ago that was just as bad. It's just, yeah, I've had a bad patch recently. Yeah, we, 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 you were talking about that. We were at a gig on uh, last Thursday. You were saying that you've had some yeah. some weird gigs. Yeah, very what? strange indeed. Are you are you at the point now where you know at the start of the night this is going to be shit, or is it something that still will surprise? Yeah, you? Uh, every now and then you're surprised, but I think you can t- you can tell. Like mm. when you're doing, for example, when you're doing a festival show, but you're sitting behind the curtain. People are coming in. You can tell before you set foot on the stage if it's going to be shit. They're all sitting there silently. Yeah. You know, you hear a chip packet rustle or something, that's about it. But if everyone's coming in all happy and chatty and laughing and looking forward to it, it should be all right. But, yeah, as, you know, the setup, as you know, all the psychology involved with that, you can tell straight away if it's going to be shit when you walk in. I did a gig in Western Queensland not that long ago and there's, someone hit a pokey jackpot about three metres from where I was on stage. And it just went forever. There's still... I don't know if coins still come out of pokies, but it sounded like that. Are you it was either that or the sound effect of that was just going ding, 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 ding for oh. solid 30 seconds. Big win for whoever it was. Good on them. So and I didn't do much for comedy. If you probably, um, if you if you asked Andrew Paskin, former guest of the uh, show, yeah. he'd be able to tell you exactly what the feature is if you describe oh, yeah, the noise. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, did, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear like a more chilly or a. You know, no. anything like that. So, I don't know. Ray Badgen would be another one probably. He'd know. Oh, he'd be able to tell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't have been able to help himself from a stage commenting, yeah, describing. Exactly what's estimating happened. Estimating how much. Yeah. How much that person had lost <laughs> that night to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's weird, those little things. Like I remember doing a gig. I did. Do you ever do a gig? Lee Reed was running a gig at um, Anthony Richmond. No, I didn't oh, do it. I think I was booked and it got cancelled or something. No, yeah. Mate, it was um, it was so we're in the beer garden, so yeah. outdoors. Yeah, not great to start yeah. with. Uh, I think because it was summer, the, the sun hadn't gone down when oh, the gig yeah. started. That's what you want. And um, but the stage was right next to the you know how the indoor outdoor pokey rooms they have now. No, so that's how you can smoke at them. Yeah, nice. <laughs> basically. So are they waterproof pokies? Yeah, basically really? they have these louvered um. They have these louvered roofs that yeah. they sort of open and turn, like close. Man, a that little is bit to keep new the level rain out and that sort of it? stuff. And it's, goodness, yeah. So there's <laughs> they, they build these almost four walls rooms. Yeah, <laughs> that technically classifies an outdoor area, so they can right. smoke at the pokies. Yeah, because believe it or not, if you have one addiction, you oh, might yeah, you, you might have more than one yeah, addiction. Yeah, yeah. But so that was right next to the stage. So because they had this sort of lattice wall. Like you could hear on the stage, you could hear everything that was going on, like yeah. every pokey noise yeah. that was going. But the audience, who of course didn't sit anywhere near the stage, um, because why would you when you're in a massive beer garden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they couldn't hear what was going, so it was distracting. But you couldn't really comment on it, yeah, because they didn't know what you were talking about. Right. And if that wasn't good enough, uh, it's also um, adjacent to a, uh, a railway line. Yeah. Um, Near a level crossing. Nice. So about every 20 minutes when a train went through, the gates would go down and you just have ding, 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 ding. Nice. Yeah. It was, um, 
Yeah, an interesting people, gig. People don't realise, I don't, I mean, short sure gets talked about all the time, but regular punters don't realise any of that. They no. say, mate, if you're fucking funny, you'd be funny. Like mm. I've, I've done a gig where people, a guy asked me to move out of the way so he could take his pool shot while I was on. It's <laughs> like, excuse me, mate, and just sort of elbowed me out of the way. It's like, fuck, this is, of course it's not going to be good. You've got to stop for that sort of shit. No one's going to be listening. And, but they don't realise that, mate, if you were funny, you would have pulled that back. Yeah, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Or... If it wasn't super awkward. The other thing is surprise comedy. Punt, like, punt, like pubs or... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. They, where they don't let the punters know it's on. Yeah, then we thought... Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah. We'll do some comedy. Yeah. I remember... Did you do that? I'm, I'm trying to think if you were on it, but... No, it was Dan Towns. I did... Did you ever do Marty Bright's gig at the dock? Yeah, when it was a couple going? of times. Yeah, a few times. Last time I did that... Um, just in there, and it's like it's reeking of a Sunday afternoon session. The few oh, yeah. people that are in there, yeah. And uh, I said to them, "Are they here for comedy?" And the bar guy goes, "Yeah, yeah they know it's on." Yeah, I've right. told them all. Yeah, like, oh, that's different. I actually had a couple of good gigs there. Did you go just once? No, no, no. I had a oh, couple a of good times. gigs there, but the last gig, right? Um, I I hosted. Yeah. And to give you an indication, Dan Towns walked off stage and just straight out the door. Oh yeah, which back. is right there. To be fair, yeah, that's right. Like people walk in behind you. Yeah, while you're on stage, oh, it's brilliant! It was, <laughs> it was that gig, it was, I remember it was me, Ben Elwood, um, Towns. Yeah, Elwood handled that. Oh, did you, go them? Yeah, a bit, yeah. and then just like it was just. I love it. It got to the point where like I just literally, um, they didn't, they didn't get on board with anything I was selling when I was um, setting yeah. up, like yeah. started hosting, and uh, I brought Towns. The best gag I got for the whole night was after Towns left. I said, uh, I just went up and I went, Dan Towns, wow. And you guys thought you hated me. Yeah. And that was the only, <laughs> only real laugh I got. Yeah. And it's a, this, I should point out, that's not a, uh, a, a, any, like it was one of those solid lineups. Like, Towns is a good act. Great act. And he was doing good material. They yeah. just weren't interested yeah. in comedy. Sometimes you just can't do anything. No. Like I, I, when you say jokes about how shit a joke is, too, like I feel dirty. I've done it, but you feel dirty doing it because yeah. it gets the biggest laugh you get. And it's just people. Like, you know, reaffirming that they thought you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, you are a piece. At least you're, you know. Oh, good. He knows he shit. sucks. Yeah, it's fucked, isn't it? It's oh. just demoralising. That's oh, horrible. Uh, what do you What do you reckon the weirdest setup you've ever had to go in? Um. Oh man, I, I was just I've done a few corporates. Not a not a great corporate act, but I've done a few where there's nearest person is a solid twenty five meters away. Yeah, and that's just the worst. It's not the weirdest, probably set up, but it's just like a uh, you know dance floor with disco balls in between you yep. and them. And you know, I did, a few months ago I did one. It was the worst. It was just like that. And, you know, there's no stage. You're just on the floor, nearest person twenty meters away. I could still hear someone in the middle of it go, "This is terrible." To <laughs> it, to, <laughs> to his wife or friend next to him. Oh, no, but, you're right. I nothing, just, you know, nothing better than hey, you're all at work still yeah. technically. Yeah, um, man, it was shit. And there must have been three hundred people there, and just got nothing for the whole time. Oh wow, it was the worst. And then walking off, I couldn't just. I walked off. I was about to just leave, and the guy who organised it goes, "Oh, dinner's coming out, mate. Sit down, and have dinner." So I just sit there and have dinner. Oh, I did. Oh, I did one. Worst. I did a Christmas party um, for a for a car yard or something. Yeah. It was actually not a bad gig, but the guy who booked me. Um, flew me up and he's like, he's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't told anyone that we've got comedy on. 
I was like, right. what? Yeah. Uh, he goes, yeah, no, no. There's a new bloke's actually just started over one of the reps we're just dealing with. And a lot of the blokes think you're him. So if you want to play that up a bit. Oh, I'm God. like, yeah, no. I, d- I don't want to play that yeah. up at all. The suggestions you get from from people at corporates and schools and stuff. Because we, we do a few school gigs. And, and one guy the other night goes, oh, you're the next comedian. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, can you bring up, do a joke. About kids pissing in other kids' water bottles because it happened here. So, you know, why would I do that? He goes, Oh, it'd still be funny. The principal will hate it. So, the principal here? Yeah, she's here. So, what are you thinking, you fucking idiot? No. <laughs> I'll just make up a joke right now about kids pissing in bottles. Hey, you want me to? Uh, you want me to bring up something that's potentially super awkward for yeah, a, yeah. at least half the room? And someone here, kid, yeah. did it. Yeah. So, you know, fuck. But as long as you're entertained, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they understand that sort of thing. Oh, mate, you should you should talk to Steve. He's the crane driver. He's bloody funny. That bloke. Yeah. yeah he's, why? I, I don't know. I'm not notorious crane drivers for their sense of humour. Yeah, aren't they? yeah. I would think so. <laughs> Nothing like sitting high above everyone else. Yeah. In those big sky <laughs> cranes, just to really get perspective on life. Yeah. Man, it's um yeah. I one of the weirdest gigs I ever did was this um gig uh. Oh, Marty Bright again. Marty Bright gets Marty some, Bright gets some what weird things for you. This is this is a few years ago. He he somehow this guy had approached him to get some comedy for his birthday party. Oh man, yeah. So it was originally going to be Marty and I, and then Marty something happened and Marty had to pull out. So me and Dane Heiser drove to the Central Coast to, and the gig wasn't till like 10.30 at night because yep. that's when this guy was getting back from... All the elements are still already. Oh, I know this what this is going to so be like. a birthday party, yeah. Uh, 10.30 at night. Yeah. This bloke had uh, had his 50th How, or 60th or something. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, they'd all been down at the Chinese for the big feed yeah. and then he'd organised a minibus to take him back to his place for oh, can yeah. on. yeah. And, uh, and that was where he was going to surprise his guests with some comedians. Oh, man. In the pergola, yeah, no microphone, Fuck. just standing. Oh, you just stand next to that esky over there. There's no riser, nothing. Yeah, and it's just, oh, oh shut up. These blokes are yeah. comedians. Yeah, and you just had to go. Yeah, no microphone. And so I did. Um, I was, I was doing doing a joke about my kids or mm. something, and I did a joke about you know with um with my. Son. Oh, I did a joke with sort of at the expense of my son. Yeah, and um, they. Like one of the guys obviously just took it seriously. He goes, "Oh, why?" Yeah, right. And then I'm like, "Well," and I sort of tried to play along with it. Yeah. But then, then a, a debate broke out in the audience about between audience members, between or audience you? members. Yeah, right. And so for about four minutes, I just stood there and these about guys, whether or not it was a joke or yes, about the actual issue, about like whether a, or not it was a joke, right. and whether that you know, oh no, that's all right. Like he's just having fun. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. that, and Fucking so th- that debate broke out, and it was quite. Everyone was into it and pretty engaged. Yeah. So I just stood there for four of my fifteen minutes, just yeah. watching these guys Great. debate, Man. debate one of the, the premise essentially of yeah. one of my jokes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to talk about bad gigs the whole time, but I did an eighteenth birthday party a couple of months ago. It's one of the worst, one of the worst ever. I was going to say you almost have an active disdain for youth. Yeah, I know. It didn't. I don't. I don't know. It was. It was. Good money and was when oh yeah we'll do it. I took Cam Duggan with me to just to take the brunt up the front. I yep. just thought I oh, sort of outsourced my first ten minutes to him, and he did ten minutes and it just it didn't go great. They talked I talked the whole time over him. Beautiful. I got about four minutes into mine. The, the dad just came and took the mic off me and said that'll do. I said all right, 
So we left. <laughs> yep, we got out. Of, yeah, we got paid beforehand. Thankfully, oh, that's so, great. Yeah, yeah, but we had to stand there for his speech because we couldn't just walk out in front of him. And he oh. killed. He absolutely killed with just some, you know, appalling, appalling stuff. But you know, standard. This is my daughter. I love her stuff. They they were bending over laughing at this guy. Like, oh Fuck. really? Yeah, they hated us. They hated Doug and <laughs> they hated me more. Oh, it was terrible. It was just awful. Just ugh. <laughs> in a restaurant in Darling Harbour too. So. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So, so quasi public. Uh yeah, sort of. They had they had like a whole floor up the top, like a private room, but still open stairwells and stuff. And we left, and Duggan's just walking out casual. I said, "Mate, fucking walk faster, because <laughs> I don't want them coming after us <laughs> when could... they when they figure out, you know, we've got their money. They think about it and go, actually, we paid them. We'll go get it back." So, <laughs> in fairness, that could have been Duggan walking fast. He's pretty laid back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's oh, he's rolling a durry <laughs> on his way down the stairs. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Okay, so we won't talk about <laughs> bad gigs the whole time. Yeah, yeah. but um, okay. Let's talk about other bad gigs. You've obviously comedy's not the first job. No. So I've, um, yeah, I've had plenty of jobs pre-comedy. Pre. So you okay? Let's go right back. Where'd you grow up? You grew up in Queensland. I grew up in Brisbane. Yeah. Brisbane. I uh, finished school, went to university. Uh, for four years. What'd you study and in uni? I studied business, marketing, and advertising. And then I was quite young when I finished that, so I decided to do an honors degree. And I did that. And while I was doing that, I was honors in marketing, in uh, business, in communications. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, there's no honor in marketing. No, there's <laughs> not. And then um, had a couple of little jobs here and there. Did some lecturing at university. Was going to move into academia. Really? And then just went traveling, and that was it. Ten years later. I could see of. you with uh, the patches on the sleeves of the yeah. jacket. I, I just, it'd be an easy life. Like, yeah. it'd be pretty good and just comfy. But uh, I'm glad I didn't because it's been a pretty good time since. But I just went traveling and never really settled into anything. Nice. Where'd you travel? So I've had, uh, I traveled to Europe and Africa. Uh, I did a lot of cycle touring. I cycled toured around Tasmania, New Zealand, South America. Oh, wow. A uh, little bit in. Islands did some. Uh, my wife and I did a tandem bicycle trip in France. That was the most recent big one. That was just before we had kids, and that, since then I've tandem haven't traveled much at all through France. Yeah, it's brilliant. See, now that's really something good. I don't know that you can get away with in Australia. No. <laughs> oh no way! You're five days between water in Australia. Like there, there's villages everywhere. It's great. It's really yeah. good. It's hard. A lot of mountains, but um, yeah, well. yeah, it was good. You just chat all day. We had a tent. Sleeping gear, a little bit of food. It's really good. Yeah, that is. Top that sounds. Um, yeah, it's quite a romantic notion. Yeah, but then selfishly, she got pregnant uh, towards the end of that, so we missed a bit of the end of it. But uh, we'll go back <laughs> to <laughs> do the Alps when um, the kids are a bit bigger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do the Alps when the kids can't ride themselves. No way. I'm not taking kids for that sort of thing. No way. That'd be a nightmare. I'll be running four bikes up the hill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm doing no that. way. Yeah. <laughs> so I just can't even see. So is that tandem bike? So you yeah. were both on the same bike. Yeah. And yeah. and you got and we had four saddlebags, like two on the front, two on the back. Nothing on our backs. And uh, yeah, away you go. Is hard. that it's is, real hard? I was going to say, is that um, is that common over? Because that's something you'd never nah. see. Here is that yeah. Rarely would you see a tandem. I don't think I saw one other one over there. I've met a couple 
here in Tasmania and one or two in New Zealand, a couple of tandems, like husband-wife tandems. But um, no, it's not not common at all. I've got, got to imagine it's a good relationship tester too. Yeah, yeah, of... there's that. But I, I think it would test you more if you had two bikes and you're just sitting at the top of a hill waiting and then, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just because thinking... let's face it, women aren't as fast, and and you'd be <laughs> <laughs> you'd be sitting at the top for I don't know how long, waiting, and then you know she get up the top and go, let's go, you know, it'd yeah, be, it'd be terrible. You'd be you'd be such a prick, but yeah, on a tandem, it's really nice. You're chatting all day. You sort of you can tell when someone's bludging on the back. Oh, I was going to so say that <laughs> that'd yeah. be the. But you know, I don't mind. I've done a lot of cycling beforehand, so you just do it. And it was great. Yeah, because you, you cycle to gigs still, don't you? Yeah, yeah, cycle to gigs. It's great. It's, um, sort of since, especially since I finished building, it's um, one of the only forms of exercise I get. So, I, I make a point of cycling to every gig. I'm just looking at um, actually look. I've started looking at bikes now, mm. just try and get because I, I generally like my exercise. I'll go run it. Yeah, but I'm just hitting that stage where I can just start to feel like I'm not a little dude, so I can start to feel. Oh, your knees will give out. Yeah. Man, it's terrible running. And so I was just like, and Peter Mizell keeps warning me. He goes, oh, I used to run all the time. I used to run all the time. He goes, it's, it's what killed my knees and my hip. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh, okay, well, and it's just getting to that stage now. So I'm thinking of going full, um, just full really, lycra. Full, yeah, just fully really lean into this suburban dad thing. Yeah. Just, uh, oh, it's good if you get into it. It's really good. There's some great bikes. You know, it's pretty good. It's it's a fairly good area for riding around here. Yeah, it is. It's it's my um Nat, my wife, got into it um earlier in the year. She yeah. just bought her a bike, and um yeah, she loves it. Yeah, it's and great. So I was like, oh, yeah, maybe there's something in this. Yeah, but I get I the kids know. into it. Bikes everywhere. Like I've you, we don't buy bikes for kids. They're just sitting on the street. You just take your bolt cutters. No, there's there's sort of <laughs> like piles of rubbish everywhere now. And people yeah. chucking out kids' bikes all over the place. Oh, mate. It's so I'd grab heaps of them, just make hybrids of the best ones, like get the best wheels and the best whatever. And the kids have got good bikes now. You, well, I suppose you'd be fairly well across what what is good as opposed to what's crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, having... you know, if you're, not a, if you're not racing competitively or anything, you don't need a... You don't need a ten thousand dollar bike or anything. It's ridiculous. No. Like there's there's cheap bikes are still good. Fine. I took a I took a three hundred dollar bike to South America. Oh really? Right around. Yeah, it's fine. Like I wouldn't want a good bike anyway. It ended up getting stolen anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, South America. Yeah, yeah. but it, you know it was fine. Does the job. So oh, wow. So yeah. what countries in South America did you go through? Uh, on the bike, Argentina, Chile. And then it got pinched and just on foot through Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador. On foot? Not on, no, 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 not just hitchhiking. Mostly hitching and, and, and buses and what have you, yeah. Man. So, yeah. You've, uh, I'm surprised you didn't come back with a manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Actually, your comedy has a touch of manifesto about it at times. You reckon? Yeah. I like, I like there's a, um, and it's, a, it's actually something that was probably one of the factors that, um, I noticed when when I first saw you, like in that when we were talking about in that first gig I saw you at, is you had a from right from the start you sort of had a a perspective. Yeah, right. Like whereas a lot of people, you know, you see people starting out and they do a joke about this and a joke about that, and there's no real. They're not coming yeah. at it from the same angle. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, you know, it's all learning stuff though, isn't it? You start yeah. like you see most people are starting when they're twenty. They don't fucking know anything. Yeah, like you go, you know. If you start a bit later, like you or me, it's um, you gotta you gotta have something to say. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know what twenty year olds talk about. 
Oh, like some some of them are great little comics, but then I don't know what what happens then. I, that's what I often think about. Like you know, I watch some of them and just go, man, I wish I'd started younger. Like yeah. you look by the time they're they're like I'm thirty five. By the time they're my age, that's yeah. fifteen years of yeah. Craft. I don't know if they're, are they going to go the distance though, because I I I would prefer the other way. I thought about that. I thought, ah, oh, this you know, be far further ahead if you started twenty years ago. Of course you would, but. I don't know. Starting late has got some big advantages, I think. Well, I also think I would have been, I would have been crap. Absolutely. If started. I wouldn't have persevered. Like these little exactly dreamers, right. I wouldn't they, have. Uh, they have I'd, shit gig after shit gig and keep coming back. I couldn't do that. No. If my first gig was shit, I wouldn't have had a second gig. Yeah. It's that sort of. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I don't know how people fucking do it. I now have you know two or three shit ones in a row and think, oh, probably should just give this up. This is terrible. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. It's amazing how um how quickly you can just think oh, what, what, what was I thinking? Yeah, like, I don't do comedy. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's quite surreal, isn't it? When you go out for a big one too, like mm. a big crowd, and you're just standing there in front of them, they're all sitting there listening. It's really weird. Yeah. Like some people are born for that shit or just sort of think they are or something. They're completely natural there. I'm not. Yeah. It's strange. It's a, sort of that resilience of youth where you don't know any diff like you just sort of Yeah. Yeah, we, whereas, I don't know, like I, I feel like I've, by the time I started, I'd had enough failures just in general life to know yeah. that it hurts. Yeah. And knowing that, oh, if this far, if I'm not good at this, yeah. this could I just sort of, when I got it, I just added, wanted to add it to the list of stupid shit I'd done. I didn't think I'd still be doing it a few months later. Oh, really? Yeah. This is the longest I've ever had a job. Six, oh, wow. Six years. Never done anything for that long. It's ridiculous. Hell. So what else have you done? It's a big chunk from... of your life, isn't it? Um, oh, traveling, I had all the sort of regular travel jobs, you know, hospitality, cooking, you know, a security guard, um, working security in shops. Security guard? Yeah. Not 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 a bouncer. What, just um, door building rapper. sites. No, like like looking after bulldozers and stuff at night. <laughs> it's in Ireland. It's all those parties oh, okay. like stealing shit. So you got to just stay there overnight. You know, lucky. Like, yeah. Sometimes you'd have a dog with you too. It was cool. Oh, that's all but right. But you just sort of, yeah, just sit there. It's pretty good. Um, like night security. Did a few building night security jobs there too. That was good. Just read books. Oh, that's all With right. a bunch of guys who'd done the job. Like I did that for a matter of months, but I was just, I was bored. Mm. But you read a heap of books. But these guys would do it for 15, 20 years. Just sit there and stare at the wall. I don't know how they do it. Oh, that, I, I yeah, that'd you know, drive me nuts. I'd be like, down in the car park playing tennis against the wall by myself sort of thing, and they're just going, just sitting there blank-faced, dribbling, sometimes falling asleep, whatever. But, I'd, you know, that's not yeah. the sort of job you'd have forever. But I've had a lot of jobs like that. I, I was a snowmaker one time. A in, snowmaker? Yep. Where in, was that? Uh, New Zealand. Like wow. God. <laughs> like but, God. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just working seasonal jobs and what have you. And since I started comedy, I've been building with um, a couple of builders from Coogee who, great, just so flexible and let me go off and do f- festivals and stuff. And I've only just quit that this year. Jeez, that's all right. That's absolutely... So, that strikes me as... Um, so did you have any building quals or... No, 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 I still don't. I, could just, I was just labouring, basically, and doing some carpentry. I couldn't... I wouldn't be alone on a site, running a site or anything like that. You, well, you build a house, though. It's, it's remarkably simple if you just come at it from the right direction. Like, building's not that complex. Things like electrics and stuff I wouldn't muck around with. But, um, 
The rest of it, you can, anyone can do it, really. Like most things, anyone can do it. Yeah. If it's not vocational. But, you know, generally, most things people can do. They just don't. That's, um, yeah, that's interesting because I'm not a, um, I like, I, like, I think I was saying to you and I was showing you around the house, I'm not a handy sort of a guy. I sometimes, though, think, I, I wonder if, if you, you actually got the, the proper instruction because there's, yeah. a, there's obviously a knack to a lot of this sort of stuff, like yeah. in terms of, oh, yeah, like, like anything, you look at putting a house together, like, it's like Lego. Yeah. You, know, you just, well, you wouldn't know, get it level, sort it out, done. Yeah, well, there's but there's techniques to it. Like if you just said go level that, yeah. well, then well, how do you level that? Like that seems much more complicated than oh, okay, you do this, then you do that, then you yeah, do, and then you know, in the end, it's all it's all process, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, it does baffle me. I, I sort of get part of me like I I look at those jobs though, then there there seems to be a bit of satisfaction at the end of the day where like oh, as it's hard work. Well, as opposed to comedy though, like at the end of the day, you can you start with the jobs at this point. And you finish and you can actually look at something you've done. Yeah, yeah. For the day. Whether that, I mean, some, whether that's Dig just digging a trench or yeah. something like that. But at least there's something tangible there. Yeah, yeah. Where, as, as we were talking about <coughs> with, with comedy, <coughs> it's, a, it's very much like, you know, you walk off after a great gig. Yeah, it's intangible. Like there's no... Yeah. yeah, an hour later, like you're... Which riding. is, again, which is one of the reasons people think it's free like or very cheap. Mm. Like, oh, you're only working 15 minutes, I'll pay you 10 bucks, that sort of thing. Or, yeah. or free. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's they're not paying for that. They're paying for all the work you put in to make the set. Yeah, exactly. So, which there is a lot of work involved in yeah. that. Um, but they wouldn't balk at paying a famous comedian thousands of dollars for the same thing. Yeah, that is... Uh, that it's interesting is an industry how little middle ground there is. Yeah, like it's it's like you either really make a really good living. Yeah, or you make. Well, I feel like you, you and I, for example, would have just popped above the the lower ground of comedy. Like there's a, there is a middle ground, but it's it's just just above the lower. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And then there's this handful of people just making shit ton of money. Yeah. So you know. I don't know. It is a strange thing like that. There's no sliding scale. No. One day you're povo, one day you're rich, or you just stay povo. There's no, there's no sort of <laughs> way up. Well, there probably, probably is. If you want to go corporate full-time yeah. or cruise ships or something like that, you can get into the middle ground and have you a do. medium income. You do the cruise ships? No. Do you? No, not yet. No, I say no. Are you looking yet. to do it? I don't know. I, I, I sort of have. Like, I like the idea of the... Um, it it's, seems to be decent money. The yeah, gigs yeah. are supposed to be all right. I don't know how I'll go with the downtime on a ship. Right. Um, I kind of, I, I got to nearly into one. I did all the police checks and all this sort of thing. But then the final hurdle, I got not approved or something by uh, whoever's in charge of saying who should go on. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. um, which I'm fine. I'm not chasing it. The captain, so, he goes, this guy looks good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't he know. looks like he'd run a mutiny. <laughs> But so, like sometimes they'll they'll send someone on there. And you think that's a, probably a worse choice. But then, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't care. I, I'm not chasing it now. So well, I just leave it out. Yeah, I'm I'm at that too. Like I'm not at the moment. I don't, it's not. I don't need to do it. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, like, and uh, don't get me wrong. If someone said, "Hey, you want to go do a cruise ship?" I'd be yeah I'd be all about it. But I'm um, like you. I'm not chasing it just because. I, and the one thing I do notice is with the guys that do a lot of them is start of cruising season 
um, which is sort of yeah. almost longer now. It's almost year round. Yeah. But the start of the they'd all be like, oh yeah, it's really good. You know, it's good money, good gigs. By but the by end, the end, they're, they're broken. Like, I don't want to get on another ship. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. that's that. And I don't. I don't think you grow a lot as a performer doing it. You're just locking in your your sort of club palatable to RSL type set. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do any challenging or. Um, material that would you would sort of experiment with or anything like that and it's also time away you're away from oh well you and i'd be away from our families more mm. for nothing really you're not building anything just yeah. money it's like it'd be, like be like being a miner and not liking mining <laughs> yeah you know, it's um and well you know you're most also, of those guys have a you're real also passion. time away from the scene most of those guys have passion for mining. Yeah. Yeah, they just love it. That's, most of them talk about that as the major benefit yeah. is that they love mining. <laughs> Jet skis and shit, that comes <laughs> secondary, but mining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. You've got to do something with the money, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it for the money. No. But most people say, like, I don't do it for the money. They're fucking bullshit. They don't work for free, do they? No. Like, really rich people go, oh, you know, best things in life are free. You know, you're not giving all your money away, you prick, are you? Yeah. Or, you know. Best things in life are free, like uh, like you know, like how they live without having to pay a mortgage because they've paid their house off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it doesn't really count then, does it? (laughs) (laughs) Everything's free after you've already paid for it. Yeah, yeah. It's like those rich, it's like those famous people who just root young women. Think they go, oh no, I don't, I don't see age. It's just a, it's just a figure. Yeah, you know, well, you're not rooting hundred year old women, are <laughs> yeah. you? It's, you obviously you know, do see some sort of age. Losers, yeah. <laughs> Just call it like it is. Every now and then, someone will call it like it is, like a Hefner. Yeah, and you know, I kind of, I don't respect him, but you got more respect for his honesty than those who are saying, you know, my new twenty five year old, she's just so mature. Oh uh, you know, man, bullshit. It's like, yeah, and you just at a certain point, I can't even like, speak to a fucking twenty five year old, and I'm not seventy. That's that, that's the thing. What would you talk to them no, about? I don't know. They don't get any uh, cultural references. No, nothing. It's yeah. It's funny. That'd be uh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I don't really get that. <laughs> that's. But you know, people kid themselves about all sorts of stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the cruise ship thing. You're also not only away from your family and everything. You're away from the comedy scene. Yeah. Which is where, like, it's it sounds shit. But I, I go out. So do you? Do I go out and do free gigs all the time, just to try new stuff and to to improve on that you know the more you're away from that the less you're doing that yeah one of the biggest hints i got early on was um i think i was talking to gary eck and he just said to me he goes oh you learn more from the shit gigs than you ever will from the good gigs yeah and it's sort of true in terms of like and not necessarily like we're not talking shit like you know where you you have a horrible gig but like the you don't um like when you're doing real nice gigs, you yeah. like you said, you don't take as many risks. Like if you're on the nah. on a cruise ship or whatever and you're in front of a big crowd, you nah. that's that's where you're getting paid to actually perform and yeah. you've got to be reliable. Whereas when you're turning up to these uh the nights like you and I were at the the Tudor last week in yeah. Redfern, just yeah. doing uh, new material. That's fun because it's, yeah, it's new great. stuff. I reckon it's I more I enjoy that. Or I feel more accomplished after that than I do Doing a you know good spot at a big room where everyone's up for it. Yeah, it's easy. Oh man, last year when I um I went to Perth uh, for the Perth Comedy Festival. Yeah, and I flew in on the Tuesday and my run didn't start till the Wednesday. So I was like I was looking around. I'd been just I'd been distracted. I hadn't bothered booking anything in for the Tuesday night. And I was like I really want to get up somewhere. So I just hit up one of the open mic rooms over there, and yeah. they didn't know me from Adam. So they just put me on the second half start of the um. 
uh, yeah. started the open mic stuff, just doing five minutes. And it was great. So yeah, I just great. got out there, walked out, got to got to look like a seasoned professional. Yeah. And yeah. which you are. Yeah, but it so. was but then I did all the um did a bunch of the showcases, like the comedy festival showcases. Yeah. And the difference between like I had people from that for that Tuesday night. Every night of my show, every we'll night of my run, I, I saw had people, yeah, <clears throat> oh, yeah we great. saw you. I had a couple come up and go, oh, our daughter saw you uh, at the thing and she said, we've got to get, you've got to go see this guy. Oh, that's nice. And How did you meet him? You stand around after the gig. Yeah, just, just assume, yeah. after the gig and people come up. and uh, After your own there. show? Yeah. Yeah, right. Just Do you shake hands and stuff on the way out the door? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Not, not uh, heaps. I don't, like, I try to. I, I feel like a dick doing it. Yeah. But, I um, do it, but I'm the same. Especially after shit, one I feel terrible. But you just I make myself do it anyway. You know, you mm-hmm. don't do it after. If you're going to do it after your good ones, you can't be a prick and just hide yeah. behind the curtain for your shit. Exactly, ones. you got to still do it. And actually, you get a little bit out of it. Like pe- people do send emails and stuff saying, "Oh, thanks for saying goodbye. I didn't expect that because you're such a cunt on stage." Blah blah blah. Like it's you know, it's kind of a nicer thing yeah. to do. Yeah. So I and can... some of the shit ones, people come up and go, oh, "That was great." You go. You know, you where were you sitting? But yeah, then, you know, it's people. Some people just don't laugh, so it's kind of nice. exactly right. Like the, the quiet laughers. Yeah, the nightmare of a comedian. Oh. Like you get a crowd of quiet laughers. Shoulders that come. Yeah, yeah. that come up afterwards. <laughs> you think you're dying the whole time on stage. They yeah. come up after and go, "That was the best thing I've ever seen." Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You're just like, oh, so you so kind of yeah, it's, you get you get that out of it, but they yeah. also get that you're not a that you're a nice enough sort of guy to go and do that. So yeah, it's yeah. Good. I think it's a good thing to do. Plus, you get little bits of information. Plus. Some people, some comics and others will say, oh, I saw your show. I loved it. You go, you didn't, you didn't see my fucking show. I met everyone who saw my show. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see it, you liar. <laughs> There's no back door to sneak out. I saw, I saw you weren't there. So, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> I, yeah, like. I've never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah. But you've got to do it every night for, to get that benefit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I try to do it. And then, um, but what, what I was saying, like from doing that open mic, I hate people in, but I'm, I don't know. I did a bunch of the showcases. But when you do the showcases, you're on with, you know, some of the big names of the yeah. thing. It's much harder to be the, the guy they remember yeah, right. on that showcase than it yeah. is being the guy they remember from that open mic night. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was... Yeah, it's a, totally worth doing. I guess, you know, but it's it was such just, a cliche. But you just get up as much as you can. Yeah. And it's a, that, was, that was also a fun gig. Like, it's hung out, got to meet some... Yeah, Some cool. of the local comics. Where like was it? Nice. Uh, it was uh, Shapiro Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good, um, though. Yeah, it's great fun. It's a re- nice little room. Yeah. Too. It was all great setup. So if you're in Perth, get over to it. Yeah. Go watch it. Good on you, mate. A little bit of a plug for your uh, yeah. remembering the little guys. <laughs> little, little remembering <laughs> the little guys. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to know. I can't work out how to work out how to see how many people actually listen to this or download it. So I thought you you don't know that. No. How? Like, I thought that's one of the first things you get told when yeah, you do a I've, podcast. To be honest, I've been, um, I've, I've, there's a way I can find out, but I just haven't, I don't know what it is. It'll take me a Probably little bit of research. Probably ask anyone else who's doing a podcast. They'll yeah. tell you. Oh, it's through the, um, basically through the, you get the, get it off the, um, the website host, uh, hosting stats. I can, I can get it, but I, I think it's a two or three step process. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't, well, you don't want to deal with that. <laughs> well, the part part of me is like, okay, because it's I haven't been going that long. Yeah. Part of me is like, I don't want to if I find out that you know maybe there's six people listening to it each week. Yeah, right. It becomes right. very easy for me to go. 
Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if I don't do it this week because yeah, it's enough. only six people anyway. Yeah. I have is it is an I hope it's an impressive stat. I have never listened to a podcast. Never ever. No. Just haven't had the How problem. many you been on? I don't know, maybe 10, 12. I I've, I've never I've never listened to them. That'd be terrible. But I've just never gotten into them. I haven't had time. Like if I if I sat down and turned something on, I'd I'd fall asleep. Yeah, no, it's see, I, I listen to them, but I've never... It's when I'm doing the mundane stuff that I sort of just got to get through. Yeah, right. So, well, I mean, I don't catch public transport too. If I sat on a bus, I'd probably listen to something. Oh, yeah. But, trains, um, buses. Yeah. See, if I'm sitting like on a train, though, I'll often... I'll take a book and read a book because yeah. I don't really get a chance to do that either. No. So I used to catch the train to work years ago, mm. and it was the best... Uh, I just used to love it as opposed to driving. Oh, yeah, it's great. Driving, you've got to concentrate. There's frustrating yeah. stuff. I just, oh, yeah. As long as I've got a seat, I just read my book. Yeah, it's great. I was, I, one, one thing I miss about having kids is reading. And I know mm. I should make more time to do it, but I, just, I used to read heaps and now not much at all. What's your, uh, what, what style of uh, book are you into? Are you a fiction, non-fiction? Um, oh, if I had to pick, probably uh, fiction classics i don't read kids books that's what like fucking you know classics adolescent i'm thinking twilight classics no yeah exactly (laughs) that's exactly the sort of shit i avoid i mean i i don't anyway people can get into whatever they want good on them but uh being an adult i read books that are written for adults by adults (laughs) so you know it's not comic books it's not harry potter shit and stuff like that so what do you what's your what what Favorite sort of author or genre? Oh, I don't know. I like, I like. This sounds really old. Fat. I like Orwell. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Um, for the Russians, pretty good. Yeah. Dostoevsky types. Um, I don't know. I, I, a variety of those sort of classics. Um, uh, Jack London, brilliant books. Oh yeah, very good. Not that he didn't write books for adolescents, but I read them when I was an adolescent. But he wrote a lot of books as well for adults. Now, fucking amazing. So I'd get amongst that. Um, I don't know. Every now and then, my wife's a pretty big reader. She'll she'll give me a book that's good, and I'll read it. But uh, you know, just finding the time to do it without yeah. falling asleep at night, I just fall asleep. If I come home from a gig midnight, I'm not reading for more than five minutes. Mate, I'm the I've started reading, and I'm trying to be more disciplined with it. I've started reading this um biography of Hitler. Oh yeah, and it's like thirteen hundred pages, and yeah. I'm in like chapter like he's. Oh, I think he's just moved to Munich. Um, like yeah. you know, it's yeah. early on, and I'm just like far out. This guy did some shit before anyone knew who he was. I would have thought that'd be the most interesting part of the book, though, is, is when all the stuff you know pre-adult. It is. No. It is. Well, he's so he's an adult. He's in his phase. It's he's quasi homeless at this point. Like, oh, he, right. he spent. Um, he was in um in uh, Vienna. He was living in a men's home for yeah. Like it's almost like a DOS house. And just but he oh. turned his life around, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's coming off as a bit of a jerk, to be honest. He's uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, if if anything, he, this book's very anti-Hitler. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's a you know. I thought I thought they'd look for the bright side of things and say, look, okay. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he's um the so the the guy I forget I should know the author, but um basically he wrote Robin. this he wrote this to uh, he's an academic he's a um. An English academic, yeah, um, who wrote a two-volume uh, version of right. the same book, where the first one I think was about six hundred, and the, the 
the second volume was about a thousand pages. Right. And this is the abridged version that he's managed to squeeze down into thirteen hundred pages. It's a bit conceited, isn't it? Because yeah. you reckon think you could have made it shorter and you'd oh. still get all the facts and there's some there's interesting. some interesting detail that you're like, oh, yeah. if I was writing a Hitler book, would Yeah. Knock know, it off in hundred pages. Yeah. Yeah, he was oh, uh, in bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Literally. So yeah. Oh, I yeah. I don't know. They do there is a certain ego involved in being an author. And yeah. as a as a comedian as well, I suppose. Just you could cut out so many superfluous words out of your jokes. Oh yeah. That we don't. You just leave them in anyway for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I've got bits in some jokes that I do more for me than like they never do that well. Yeah. But I always tell myself, and I don't know if this is true, I tell myself that, you know, you get that joke that you really like, that the audience, you know, yeah. never does that well. Not a bunch of them. But yeah. I always feel like there's the one or two people in the audience, for them, that'll yeah. be their favourite joke. Yeah. So I'm it's like, usually the fucking comedians are sitting up the back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come out like the most violent, heinous joke you did. You're like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, normal yeah. people don't like that, but whatever. There's no, so. Yeah, there's nothing like that, um, that comedian advice after... After yeah, said, man, that joke, that's your best. You are open with that. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I Never might bury that. that deep in the middle of my set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get shit, like, you know, online or otherwise in person about something offensive? No. People I ever get offended? I don't think so. I had one. Oh, first, first festival show I did, I was doing a split bill with, um, remember Dave Keishan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish guy. Yeah, he, um, him and I were doing this split bill, and the reviewer came along, and um, he'd organised. Forget where she was from. Like one of those things where they almost outsource any idiot can write yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this girl was an idiot, but um, uh, wow. The I'll fir- be the judge of that when you get to the end of the story. <laughs> Go on. The first part of the review was about like the plan she she turned down so she could come and oh, review right. our show. Yeah. There you go. Like it was just, and then she sort of. Quasi Were they going to see a bigger act or just plans to no, meet friends or something? Um, pizza and beer with a mate. Oh, right. There you go. Like, you know, yeah. at a mate's place. Jump against it already. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so yeah. Uh, and then the, the whole review was like, basically, I don't think she particularly liked me making fun of my uh, wife and kids. Right. And then, um, but she confused a bit, confused me with Dave um, saying that, you know, um, you know, I felt sorry for his wife. Um, that he tricked a he tricked a good Aussie girl into marrying her. Marrying right, her. gotcha. And I'm yep. like, what? I'm I'm Aussie. Dave's yeah, the yeah. Irish one, and his wife's Irish. Yeah, right. Like, she just yeah. really. I don't, know. I don't know what the. But then the last line of the review was it worth it? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, you can't. There's an element of sort of yeah. I'm not going to be a complete arsehole to these guys. That made it. Uh, that made it to a quote. A quote uh, on my uh, next poster though. It just said uh, worth it, and then the, right. uh, the publication. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah, it was very. Um, nothing like a uh, an ellipsis. Then then the quote. Yeah, like either side of the quote, you know. Oh, that's been lifted out of something. That's yeah, not as positive people, as that. People don't know. Yeah. Quotes don't mean much to the. It's only it's only people in the comedy industry who are going to pull you up on that shit. Yeah, you go, ooh, what's happened here? Like most people, you know, most people don't even look at posters. So uh, you can do what you want on that. How do you go about naming your shows? Um, I try to keep it short, like three words or less. Yep, and just don't know where you go. Find out something funny. Something rings a bell. Sounds funny. Do it. 
So well, I, last show was good. It called well, not the show. The the title was good. Anything is possible. Yeah, I actually had a couple of people try to pull me up on the spelling of it. I was like, yeah, okay. Thanks, serious? man. I'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. when you get your printing done. It is like, oh, yeah, I, I did. Them. That was one of them. The printer sent it back with the circle around the thing, going, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> At least they're watching. Yeah. Do a lot of comedy posters, do you, mate? Because <laughs> yeah. well, your your posters are always good too. Because your wife does a lot of your artwork, doesn't yes. she? Yes, yeah, she does all the art. Do you want to give her? Because uh, she's got a blog. Yeah, she does. Her name is Emily Protier, P-R-O-T-I-E-R-E, and Emily with an I-E on the end. And uh, she's a great illustrator. She does all sorts. Of, she, she pumps out a drawing most days and uh, puts it on her blog and on Facebook and what have you. So if you visit my page, if you're hearing this, you can always ask me or I usually share it and link it. So, um, yeah, she's she's great for that. And I... Uh, in ha- keep the keep the production in house. Yeah, keep literally keep costs down. Yeah, low <laughs> overhead as it were. <laughs> yeah. No, but they are, they're great because I've always your your posters are always not like very distinct. Yeah, um, that she and it's always like a sketch of you, yes. pretty much, yeah. rather than uh, every other idiot like myself has a has a photo of himself trying. Yeah, to, yeah. trying to pull a funny do face something zany. Or, yeah, one eyebrow up. What? If we could all do that, we'd we'd do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just so perplexed by life. Maybe your hands up. You know? It's funny you should say that. I've just just settled on the title for my next show. What is it? Um, wise man, but uh, it's going to be W-H-Y. W H Y. Yes, W H Y. Wise man, and it's it's basically a uh, a more philosophical um, take on the. Oh, I'm so confused by life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's that I realised Because I thought Oh yeah, that's a good concept And then I just went Oh this is exactly Just a rebrand Yeah oh, f- Whatever people, people don't I mean rarely will a title Bring people in I think No It might turn people away Oh yeah If you do a shit one But you know when, People don't remember The titles of your shows Generally People barely remember Comedians names Oh absolutely time. Yeah So It's uh Yeah it's a, that's that's a difficult thing. That's where I think you're, um, because you're like having the your posters, the sketches. Yeah, it's like it? branding. Like yeah, it, and the same font every year too. I have and really. Yeah, it's the same font and title looks the same sort of thing. It's the marketing degree coming into its own. Yeah, right well there. there you go. It wasn't totally useless, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I do think your sets is a bit of a lecture too. A call back to your. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Your, Maybe uh, lecturing days. <laughs> you think? Lecturing people. They, uh, yeah, sometimes they don't listen to your lectures. So where do you lecture? Which uni? Uh, QUT in Brisbane. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. And you just went, nah, travel bug, got to get out of here. Yeah, and... pretty much. Yeah. And That's a, that was it. Where was the first place you went off to? Uh, where did I go? I went to North America. I went to Canada and the States for a year. Did a bit of work, but mostly I bought a car and just slept in the back of that and drove around. Fantastic. I was pretty young. I was like 22, 23, doing that. Driving so, yeah. across North America is beautiful. Like it's fantastic. And it's, you don't realise just how massive it is. Oh, yeah. took ages. And it was, yeah, it was really good. And similarly, it's it's not massive like Australia's massive with nothing in the middle. No, it changes a lot and across it. It's there's very, stuff yeah. everywhere. Like, yeah. you know. Never, never too far from a reasonable size city. Yeah, absolutely. And the people were great. They were so hospitable and nice. Because probably because I'm white, but I, I sort of, <laughs> you know, it's, it was still a novelty. Late nineties, <clears throat> mid 
late 90s, still getting, you know, an Australian was somewhat of a novelty and yeah. probably still is in a lot of places there. But, um, yeah, a lot of them had never heard an accent like this or uh, even knew where Australia was, that sort of thing. So it was quite funny oh, to, yeah. to be there. I worked in a summer camp uh, for a few months in it, one, one of their summers over there and I had one of the kids, like... Um, love my accent. He, he told me that his maybe ten year old kid told me when he grows up, he's either going to have an Australian accent or a Jamaican accent because one of the other councillors was Jamaican. Yeah, right. Yeah, he goes, you two are my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? The clock's oh. ticking, mate. You got to yeah. get over there when you're a kid. Not, not sure. Not sure that's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just ah, oh, some just people do. Just put on a fake accent, go somewhere, and come back with an accent. That's yeah. it. Bit of a Heathrow injection. No good. <laughs> that, is, that is so common, isn't it? Oh, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Okay, and and try to sell it to you. Oh, the most intelligent people in the world pick up accents like that. And come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I did. You, did when you were in North America, did you have to change your not your accent? I'd have the, to explain myself. Like, yeah, yeah, certain words like water and stuff. You would, but mm. yeah, I wasn't there long enough to have to bother with that. But some friends of mine who move there and stuff and go there seasonally and. Go there acting that sort of thing. You, you, they have to. Like yeah. you cannot have this accent and survive over there in an industry where you need to talk. Yeah, like you, you know. I just found like I the biggest shock for me was I landed um, in uh, I was in Toronto, and just went it like I got in late at night, got up, gone in with uh, I was visiting my cousin who was living there. We just went into Tim Hortons because um, we just wanted a cliche. Yeah. And um, <laughs> went in there and I went to order a coffee and the girls just look at her because I was like tired and a bit jet lagged. Yeah. And it just had the mumble on and she just couldn't work out what I was saying. Thought you're drunk. Yeah. And that's what my, my cousin goes, dude, she can't understand. You're just, you're going to have to open your mouth. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, and I went, oh, okay, I've got to actually slow down a little and uh, yeah. pronounce my words. It's funny, like when you when you want to put on an American accent, most of us just have a real Texan, yeah, you know, oh, over twang. the top <laughs> screaming accent. Yeah. That's it. That's it. that's the one we think. And their their equivalent is like a outback Queensland accent. Yeah, like that's what everyone imitates and goes. Oh, my Australian accent's so good. Yeah, no, it's not. It's no. terrible. So <laughs> it's, a, it's like the um, it's, it's there's barely a change in Australian accents, but like. Like, like you know, like there is a real difference between a Texas, you know, a yeah. Texas good old boy and then, yeah. you know, up in somewhere in New England or whatever. But um, I think, like, people from Adelaide, to me... Yeah, they have a bit of a funny... Have a thing. weird thing. So some of the words they say, too, exacerbates it. Mm. But there's also... One of my favourite things is hearing Australians trying to sound posh. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't it lend just, itself to... No, not posh, at all. Does it? Just embrace it. Like, they just sort of... Trying to be upper class and stuff it was really funny, and not just the accent in in the carry on as well. It's just you know, come on, <laughs> we're all in this together. Grow up. <laughs> we know what you are. This didn't. This accent didn't develop because we were uh, this, we were settled by the high class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's basically. Uh, did, did, there was a study a while ago. It's it sort of you know one of those news feed things popped up that some. Um, uh, I don't know. It's some academic thinks it's, it's basically the theory was it was a basically a drunken Irish slash Cockney sort of an accent is how it um, how Australian it yeah yeah and sort of too much sunshine the face started to screw up and you're trying to keep the flies out of your fucking mouth and you know there's that's why yeah. it's out the side and you know I remember 
I remember as a kid, like I grew up out in the country, and you get the. I was working in the supermarket, like in the checkout, and you get these farmers come in sometimes. So they do their once a month shop, so they'd have like yeah. two trolleys full of stuff, and but they try and talk, like you talk to them, and some of these older farmers just barely open their mouth. Oh like yeah. at all. Have you seen the Have you seen the documentary film Kunnamulla? No. Oh, it's brilliant, and I think it's yeah, it's great. But some of them speaking English with subtitles. Oh really? No, this is made in two thousand, but yeah. Great film for anyone listening to this. You should definitely watch it. Not meant to be a comedy, but it is. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's really good. But yeah, some of them have, have subtitles and they need, and you need it to listen to it. You just can't, yeah. can't understand it. That's great. fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. I had a guy at a gig, actually. I did a, speaking of good gigs, did a gig at, um, at a pub at Bankstown Friday yeah. night. And there was an old bloke there, old local. And he, you know, those, it's almost the opposite of the farmer, the old sort of, the old guy who sits in the pub. But instead of, like, he's just decided he's not going to open and close his mouth to talk. Yeah, right. Like, once it's open, that's it. It's done. Ah, right. And I'm yeah, just going yeah. to let the I tongue like do the work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, <laughs> I, he's like, I was like, what, what's your name, buddy? He's like, oh. I'm like, what? Yeah. Was, Great. Uh, I wonder, I, I think, I wonder if our generation will get to that. I think it's, a, I think it's nearly gone. That yeah. um, that accent is going to be more hybrid because we all move around so much and stuff. There's less farmers. Oh, plus two now with the amount of like stuff you see. Like my kids, when um, when they were younger, there were some words they were watching. Like they'd watch, you know, watching ABC and you know, you'd see all the um, uh, you know, American shows. Yeah, right. The, like kids shows. There's some words. If that was a word they picked up from a particular show. Yeah, they'd say it'd like, have almost like a an yeah, American twang yeah. to it, and it's like, no, oh. you can't say that. Yeah, you got to get that, got to belt that out of them. Yeah, not having that. Well, your kids are your kids are half French. Yes. Do they? How's their accent? Like, oh, it's great. They speak French like a Parisian and speak English like me. <laughs> so it's it's quite funny. <laughs> like there's a no, tradie from Brisbane, <laughs> pretty much. There's no um. Yeah, there's no Americanized accent or anything, which there would be if that if it wasn't for me because I learn English at their school, <clears throat> and from teachers who are sometimes French background because they go to a French school. Okay, and so it's mostly taught in French, but there's yeah, there's English as well, but uh, yeah, a lot of I mean the the French people I know my age, their English accent is often if not French, it's more American than anything else. Yes, because they learn from America or Americans. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of I like it. I like that my kids are a little bit ochre. I don't know. Maybe they won't be when they're a bit older, but I like it. It's good. How's their um? I mean, it's probably more of a question for your wife. How's their French accent? Yeah, good, good. So good. like, there's no ochre coming no. in the way they. No, no, no. That <laughs> not at all. Sound amazing. <laughs> it doesn't. The French <laughs> don't even. They don't like. They don't particularly think that's cute. Oh. When I go over there and, and speak French, they don't think I'm clever. Just, <laughs> no. Not impressed. It's not one of those romantic accents like we have here with yeah. the French or the or um a Spanish accent or anything like that. It's more I think it'd be more like a like we would think of a South African or a or a harsh sort Where of maybe sort German of jarring. accent. Yeah, it's not there's oh, nothing man. sexy about it. <laughs> I remember learning it's interesting you're saying about the French that speak with the American accents because that's how they learn. I, in year nine, I was, we were all learning um, Bahasa Indonesian, and right. uh, our teacher was um, was a German woman, right? And spoke English with a thick German accent, yeah. And then would correct your pronunciation of 
like when you were learning the Indonesian words. Yeah. And she'd be like, no, 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 say it like this. And she's like, are you just teaching me? Yeah. What, how she'd say it. <laughs> how, like, are you teaching why, me Indonesian? Why were you learning Indonesian? Like, this seems a strange choice for, was it your school? Everyone yeah, did it? Yeah, the school. The school just made that decision. Yeah, Indonesian, Bahasa. I think that was, this would have been mid-90s. So, so has it come in handy since? Never. Never? Never. Have you, you haven't been? No. Right. No, I haven't been. I, I've never been good with uh, languages yeah. either. Like I learned a little bit, like did Italian when primary school. I think the only people who are are those who have to use them. Yeah. You know, if you're forced into it, if you had to move to Indonesia tomorrow, you'd probably learn it. Yeah, I don't think there was... It's weird. Now, it didn't seem weird at the time because I think our deputy principal was big on, look, Indonesia is going to be fairly dominant. Yeah. And uh, thought, it, you know, we'd all be doing business or something in Jakarta. I, right. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't even think there was an Indonesian in the town I grew up in. Right. That's, was, yeah. What was, was the town? Korowa. Okay. So down right. Victoria, but it's sort of west of Albury. Yeah. and uh, That is yeah. a strange... Choice. It's a, it's a weird choice. Yeah, I think it, it, like uh, I think Mandarin would have been a better choice if you're going looking for you know uh, who are our major trading partners going to be. Yeah, but he took a punt in Indonesia and good yeah. good on him. Oh, good on him. Well, yeah, yeah. punts are always good on you when they're going, but when yeah. they don't pay off, it's never good on you. I don't think I would have loved. I'd love to think that his whole thing was look, looked around at the kids. He goes, whoa. Most of you are going to go on end of season footy trips at some stage. Yeah, right. I want, want you to be able to haggle over there. <laughs> yeah, I want you getting ripped off yeah. in the markets because <laughs> it was that sort of town. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, mate. That's uh, that's almost an hour. We might uh, right eh? call it there. But um, thanks very much. Uh, before you go, actually, final question: yeah. best place you've travelled to? Ah, uh, I don't know, man. It's a toss up between France, which I could easily live in. And maybe Peru. France and Peru. So yeah. there's France, obviously, you know, your wife's French. That's the... Yeah. That's, I mean, we, we go there every couple of years and spend some time there. It's great. I could easily go there and might end up doing so. Who knows? But um, yeah, Peru is brilliant. I thought it was great. Great Peru. country. Yeah. Peru and Bolivia are both fantastic. I managed to spend a couple of months in each of them and that was really, really good. Never picture for a cocaine guy, but uh, no, I wasn't. It wasn't into that. But um, yeah, there's just great mountains, and it, yeah, it's really heaps to do. It's really good. Very nice, nice. geography, and yeah, yeah, good people. Very safe. What well, was this? Is fifteen odd years ago? But I imagine I don't know about the yeah, political right. climate. But they're sort of safe, sleepy, Andean countries. It was great. Beautiful. Very good indeed. All right. Well, that. Uh, that uh, we might leave it there, but thank you very much for coming on. Uh, do you well, want to before we go give a plug to you, any of your social media websites, all that sort of stuff? Any no, shows? Really. You oh, you, well, if, if you you know if you want to get amongst a um, an album, I've got a double album out recently called "You're Not Special," and uh, the B side is "Anything Is Possible." So, yeah, if you want to get amongst that, get on my website, check it out. But if not, no worries. And uh, leave a review. Um, yeah, leave a review of it if you like. Same. Make sure it's really cutting. Yeah, same. Look. Uh, the spelling of anything. Yeah, um, yeah. He's got, <laughs> dear Luke, you have a typo on your website. Yeah. And uh, leave you, leave all your personal details too because I will get in touch. Yeah, good. No no one gets in, uh, no one's more feedback for their uh, fans than you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Sometimes That's... in the form of an egg. Yeah, yeah. I'll come around with a dozen cage. No problem. Someone <laughs> parked across my driveway the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> they are, uh, you know, 
I've, I've got the number plate. I think they live in my street and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Maybe tonight on my way home from a gig. I was going to say, you've, uh, you've got a bit more time on your hands now. You yeah, I do. Well, well the, the more time I've got on my hands is during the day. So you don't really egg during the day. It's, you know, yeah. silly. Mostly but reconnaissance. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> Set yourself sure. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the way home from a gig, just lob a couple, yeah. Now, see, now, here's the quick, here's a question for you. Do you do it sort of now-ish? When it can be played off as a no, Halloween no, no. prank, serve it up cold. Or do you want them to know? No, I just I don't, I don't care if they know or not. I just, in fact, it's probably best they don't because you can do it multiple times then, and then there's no, they'll be scratching their head. You know that. It's yeah. Good. So serve it up cold. Tonight's too early. I'll just wait. Because <laughs> I was going to say you do it tonight. I've waited they're years just, before. They're, they're running that off as uh, kids and Halloween. Ah, yeah. Ah, oh, there's that too. But there'd be more of a police presence out tonight. And, and you, could you imagine the embarrassment of being a grown man getting caught egging? Yeah. And probably some of the parents from school and stuff be walking around with their kids right when I'm out egging. So, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Not dressed in any costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I won't, I won't do it tonight. It's a silly night to do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get you back on the podcast to find out how it went at another All time. Right. Good stuff. Thanks very much. No problems, mate. Bye.